you're listening to Storytime with Nick Bollington, a PSHE Talks production. And this week, Nick will be deconstructing the story, looking at how we can use story, case studies and timeline in PSHE education. Happy listening. In this episode, we're going to consider some ways of deconstructing the story in order to help us use it to explore issues and perhaps strategies in PSHE. We're going to need to use a bit of imagination. We need to imagine that for the next 20 minutes or so, we're reading a book together with our class. It's a story where characters face challenges and have to make decisions. And we're going to stop at critical moments, the moment when they need all their skills, beliefs about themselves, knowledge and understanding. Because a difficult decision has to be made, and then more importantly, actioned. It's one of those moments that could take the story in many different directions, depending on the choice they make. This is very much like real life, where we don't experience life in topics, but moments. Some are mundane moments with little consequence for different choices. What do you fancy for dinner tonight? Some are more critical, where depending on what we say or choose, life might go off in a new direction. Fancy coming out with me for dinner tonight? But critical moments can sometimes herald crunch moments. Well, now dinner's over, do you fancy coming back to my place? These are the really serious moments when the consequences of our choices could have serious and long-lasting impact on our health, our safety, or perhaps the rest of our lives. Some moments are clear. We can do a simple pros and cons and make up our minds. But many moments are messy with lots of different options, perhaps involving different people, or with their different expectations. Perhaps we have lots of feeling inside us bubbling away, some pushing us one way, some pulling us another. Living could be thought of as a performance art, as we adopt different roles and interact with different characters. And PSHE could be thought of as school-based management training, where we're gradually equipped with the knowledge, understanding, values, beliefs, language, skills, strategies that enable us to manage ourselves, manage our relationships, and manage our place in the wider world. Some moments we could predict, like going over to a friend's house for our first sleepover, a date with someone we've just met, or a careers interview. These are the moments we can put in our diary, we could plan for it, We can run those internal what-if dialogues in our heads as we endlessly rehearse what we might say, try to predict what others might say, play with how we might respond and imagine the outcome. We might even engage with others, our friends, family or colleagues, as our script writers, directors or even critics to help us rehearse and prepare our scripts. But a lot of life is unpredictable. And sometimes critical moments or even crunch moments come at us unexpectedly. They blindside us. Now we don't have a script and we're forced to suddenly improvise, perhaps even in front of an audience. This is where we have to access all of our prior learning and employ all of our skills, access all of our language and engage all of our strategies to manage this moment and hopefully get an outcome we want. The problem is our brains aren't very good at this. Look, here's an example. Is this familiar? You were out one day, perhaps in a supermarket, when you met someone you know. You know them, they know you, so you get chatting. 
The only snag is you have no idea exactly who they are and where you know them from. You can't seem to place them. And that's the problem. We might find ourselves asking open-ended questions as we frantically try to get a clue and avoid having to ask that really embarrassing question, sorry, who are you? Our brains work on connections and you've just met this person in the wrong place. And your brain is struggling to make that connection. We usually find we have the aha moment with varying degrees of discomfort as they walk away and we finally realise who they are. Many of us can recall times thinking, I knew I shouldn't have done that. I didn't know what to say. I couldn't find the words or I just couldn't think what to do. Or even worse, hearing someone, usually with a smug expression, say, I told you not to do that. So back to our story. We're going to use a timeline as our tool for deconstructing and exploring stories. Timelines are a way of linking what's happening in the present to what happened in the past and what might or probably will happen in the future. If this was a DVD or TV programme, we've just pressed the pause button, literally putting our character's world on hold while we all think together as a class about what they could do next. Be honest, how many of us wish our own lives had a pause button and just had the time to stop and really think? And even better if we had a group of scriptwriters with us suggesting ideas of what to say and do. The fun of timeline is that we can fast forward with the class to try things out. We can rewind and try something new. We can fast forward months again to see how things might turn out in the more distant future or rewind months to change things to make critical moments less likely to occur or at least be more easily managed. Now what's next are only suggested questions that we and we need to adapt them for the experience and ability of our pupils. So we can explore the present, the right now through questions such as what exactly is happening right now? What's being said? Is anything being implied? Now, this is deeper than it might look. For example, are you coming with us? On the surface could be an invitation from friends, but it could be a dare to test loyalty. Are you coming with us? Are there any invisible words? Invisible words are not spoken, but we hear them anyway. For example, perhaps you're going out and your mum shouts, be home by nine o'clock. And the invisible words we hear are, or I get worried and I'll be cross if you're late. The problem is we can also imagine the wrong invisible words. For example, our imaginations can add, because I don't want to be friends with you, to being told, I don't want to come out tonight. When in reality, the other person is just really busy. Is where this is happening significant? Does location change potential risks? For example, is it public, private, supported by friends? Questions like these offer opportunities to discuss both the physical environment and the social and emotional environment. What do you think the characters are thinking right now? What questions might they have? How do you think they're feeling right now? Could they be having lots of different feelings at the same time? Do you think what they're feeling and thinking is different from what they're saying and doing? Why? Is anyone under pressure to do or say something right now? If so, is that pressure coming from outside or from others? We might call that peer pressure. Or is it coming from inside, within themselves? 
perhaps a need for peer approval, following a perceived social norm, a belief that everyone else does something, which might be true, but it might not be. Perhaps there are expectations placed on them by family, school or faith. If there is a pressure, is it fair or is it unfair? Is it well-intentioned, not so well-intentioned? Should that pressure be accepted or challenged? What do you think different characters' feelings might be pushing them to do? Do you think they might have feelings holding them back? Might they have a mix of both at the same time? Which part of them is in charge right now? Their adult or thinking self? Their child or feeling self? Or their parent, their ought-to self? Do their thinking selves and feeling selves want to do the same thing or different things? How do they feel about their ought-to self? Is it a bit of a spoil sport, stopping them from doing something they want to do? Or is it looking after them? Imagine you were invisible and watching from a really safe place. What would you be feeling? Do you feel you want to say and do something? Do you feel you should say and do something? Is it urgent? Is there someone you could tell, should tell? Would that be easy? Would that be difficult? Why? If someone who really cared for them was watching them now, what would they be feeling? Is it different to what the character's feeling? Why is that? If someone in authority was watching, what would they be thinking? Imagine that suddenly our character can see you, but the rest of their world is still on pause. It's okay, we're teachers, we can do things like that. They ask your advice. What would you tell them to say or do? They think for a minute and then they ask you, why? Could you convince them? What would you like to know, need to know, to really convince them? And look, we've just opened an inquiry with our class. If you think they need help, what would you do if they asked you not to interfere? What if they begged you not to tell anyone? This tension between getting someone help and respecting someone who may be in real trouble but says they don't want help is a really powerful dilemma for young people and it's an important one to explore in PSHE. We can play around with the future. If we could press the fast forward button, we could travel from different decisions being made in this moment into possible different futures, the next minutes, hours, day, week, month, year. What might we, what might we see? What might we hear being said? How do the characters feel now? How would we know? We can explore the futures through questions such as, what do you think will happen next? Is that good? Well, not so good. Is anyone at risk? Could someone get hurt? Their body, their feelings, their dreams, hopes, ambitions, their reputation, their identity? Could anyone not actually in this present moment still end up getting hurt? Who? Why? How? In what way? Emotionally? Physically? Is this fair? Who else might become involved in the future? What could be going really well? What specifically could be good or not so good about the likely outcome? What if different decisions are made? Now what do you think might happen tomorrow, next week, in the future? What might others feel and say now, soon, in the future? Is that good? Not so good. Are things getting better 
or worse? Or is it bumpy? Are there things that seem a good outcome in the short term but could look different in the longer term? If they're getting better, will they stay better? Can you think of a better, healthier, safer way this situation could evolve? If you can, what has to be said or done differently? Who has to do it? What might push them forward? What might hold them back? Let's hit the rewind and try something different. One of the things about critical moments in our lives is that we might only recognise their real significance in hindsight. We can explore the past through questions such as, if we could turn the clock back, what do you think might have happened before this? What might they have been feeling? Were their feelings helpful or not so helpful? For example, does really wanting to impress someone mean you might be willing to take more risks? Imagine they could have predicted they would experience this critical moment, but they've done anything differently. Could they have been better prepared? Could there have been a critical moment when someone could have said or done something different that could have stopped this situation from happening? Would it have been easier to have said or done something then rather than now? If we could have spoken to these people a week, a day, an hour, five minutes before this moment happened, what could we have said to them that might have been helpful? And if they asked us, why, could we convince them? We can also use stories to add in knowledge. Have you ever experienced a moment when something you knew, perhaps for years theoretically, suddenly makes sense? It's that, oh, I see now why moment. But something we've known suddenly connects up in our heads. It suddenly becomes relevant. It's like seeing where a piece of a jigsaw we've been staring at for five minutes fits into the bigger picture. It's this moment when knowing becomes understanding. This is critical for all learning, but especially in PSHE. It's why encyclopedic knowledge of any PSHE topic isn't the same as understanding and being able to act using it. Understanding is about creating your own personal meaning out of new knowledge. Now, story can offer us a route into introducing, increasing or reconnecting young people with factual knowledge and importantly, connecting it into a context which in turn builds understanding. So if I'm teaching, I could say, let's stop the story at this point and let me add something. Imagine I told you or imagine you now know. Does knowing this change or perhaps strengthen what advice you might give to our character? Does knowing this change what you might do if you knew someone was experiencing this? Does knowing this mean what's happening has become more or less important, or doing something about it more or less urgent. We can also use stories and case studies to explore young people's perceptions about the behaviour of their peers. Young people's perceptions of their peers' behaviour or beliefs can be very inaccurate. Everyone does this except me. It's just what everyone does. Everyone my age has tried it. Well, I, I haven't, but I know everyone else has. These mistaken perceptions or perceived social norms can act as powerful influences on all of us, but especially on children and young people's thinking, their choices and their subsequent behaviour. 
If you want to feel the power of social norms, try going shopping wearing a clown's red nose, but not on Red Nose Day. It's completely harmless. But how are you feeling? You're experiencing what it feels like to push up against a social norm. Perhaps you're one of those people who enjoy the attention, but chances are you really, really want to take it off. Story can offer a route into exploring and challenging any correct, incorrect assumptions about norms we might uncover with our class. We could explore with young people. Do you think this situation happens often? What do you think most young people want to do in a situation like this? What do you think young people would actually do in a situation like this? Is there a difference? And if so, why? You could open the issue more widely. Do you think that many young people of your age, or perhaps a little older than you, are making these choices? What decision do you believe most young people would make? How common do you think this type of behaviour is among young people who are whatever age? What makes you think this? Peer stories? Overheard conversations? Social media? Now can be a good time to offer information or data that might support, clarify or challenge those perceptions. Do you think there might be a difference between what people say and what's really happening? Why? Let's have a look at some information or data. Are we confident it comes from a credible source? How can we be sure? If you now know that this is the real situation, for example, only a tiny percentage of young people of your age do or have ever done whatever it is we're exploring, how do you feel now? Are you surprised? Are you reassured? Knowing most young people actually choose this, why do you think they make this choice? Are there reasons that you would agree with, support? Are there some you challenge? But before we end this podcast, a word of caution. Story is powerful. One of the most powerful questions we can ever ask anyone is, and how do you feel? In deconstructing a story, pupils can adopt a number of different roles, taking them emotionally closer to or away from the critical moment the character is experiencing. Imagine, this is a young person of about your age and you're in your home watching this happening on television. Let's move a step closer. Imagine you're a bystander witnessing this, but from a safe place. Go a little bit closer. Imagine you're witnessing this as part of the group. How about a little bit closer still? Imagine you're this young person's friend. How about a little bit closer still? Imagine you're this young person's best friend. We might think of this as, the emo- as an emotional temperature from cold to hot, and we need to manage this very carefully in our teaching. If we're watching something on television, really, you can only empathise. But if you're moving closer, a question you can ask yourself is, should I tell someone and get help? If you move a little bit closer, you might ask the question, I might, if I think this safe, be able to intervene. We can take our time exploring our own choices, responsibilities, feelings, actions and consequences if we take on different roles or positions. As we move the class emotionally nearer the action, 
the emotional temperature goes up and we need to think very carefully about this. So far we've been working in a way sometimes known as disassociated. We witness the story but we're not associated in or asking children to imagine this is happening to them and there's a good reason for this. Emotional distance is an essential element of safe PSHE education. And for this reason, we tend not to take that last step into a first person position or asking children to step into the position of the character and imagine seeing through their own eyes or personally trying to experience the feelings the character is having as if it were them. This is very high risk, is potentially unsafe for the children and to be honest, in a PSHE lesson, completely unnecessary. So to finish, I'll say what I said last time. Find a story. Find the moments inside it. And as a teacher, just professionally play with it. Where can we take our children and young people? What can we explore together? What questions could we ask and answer? What's the learning journey we can create for them and with them? That was Storytime with Nick Boddington, PSHE Talks production. If you enjoyed the episode, do make sure you subscribe to find out about new episodes as and when they're released. And uh, join our mailing list if you haven't already for the latest on PSHE policy, news and useful resources. Take care.